we are here once again to discuss a very important topic, um, a topic that is dear to all Muslims. However, there hasn't been enough information. Such dialogues have not occurred as often as they should. Um, as we approach the beginning of the month of Muharram al-Haram, millions upon millions of Muslims, especially the followers of the Ahl al-Bayt, or those who adhere to the school of the Ahl al-Bayt, begin to mourn from the beginning of the month of Muharram, the greatest tragedy in Islamic history, and that is the martyrdom of Al-Imam Al-Husayn ibn Ali, alayhim as-salam. There is a lot of misunderstanding. There is a lot of misconceptions in regards to uh, the commemoration of Al-Imam Al-Husayn. In fact, on social media, on the internet, on many satellite channels around the world, you'll come across individuals who will make it a point to dishonor this commemoration, to accuse the followers of the Ahlul Bayt of many different things, such as innovators, Ahlul Bid'a, to uh, even the extent of some attacking the pilgrims of Imam al-Hussein, killing the pilgrims of Imam al-Hussein, and uh, discrediting those who commemorate the days and the nights of Ashura. Now, it's been uh, years and years, decades and centuries, where the Shi'i ulama have tried to discuss this from a perspective that relates to all Muslims, so that all Muslims understand the position of Imam al-Hussein. And the fact that they all must love him and they all must commemorate this great tragedy. And with all due respect to the ulama and the different schools of thought, when the days of Muharram and Safar, when the days of Ashura arrive, I believe that they have not yet educated their audience, their members on the event of Ashura. Many outside the school of Ahl al-Bayt, still don't even know the tragedy of Ashura, the tragedy of Imam al-Hussein. Many believe that the commemoration of the Shahada of Imam al-Hussein remains to be a bid'ah. It is something that is forbidden. And that is why I am once again joined here by my dear friend, Fadilat al-Sheikh Muhammad bin Umar, Muhammad Umar bin Ramadan, um, who joined us last week and we discussed the topic of Ali the Imam, meaning Ali the Imam of the Muslims, not just the Muslims, but Ali the Imam of humanity. And Alhamdulillah, we had a wonderful session. Many of you brothers and sisters enjoyed and benefited uh, oh. from this great Alim's presence uh, amongst us. Today, similarly, we are speaking of uh, uh, the same topic in regards to Al-Imam Abu Abdullah Al-Hussein, Hussein, the Imam, the Imam of all Muslims. And I have decided to break down this topic into the following seven points. And, um, and then once I introduce every point, once I introduce every um, one of those very important topics, 
then we will ask Sheikh Omar to give his perspective on those. Number one, it is the riwayah of Husaynun minni wa anamin Husayn. The riwayah that says Hussein is from me and I am from Hussein. So I will read the riwayah once we begin and I will reference it. Then I will hear the perspective of our beloved guest on the riwayah and how he views the riwayah. Number two is Hubbul Hussein, the love of Imam al Hussein. That is something we will discuss from uh, the traditions and we will actually read the hadith and we will cite the sources. Number three, it's the disheartenment of Imam al Hussein, which is the disheartenment of Rasulullah. Again, the traditions will be read and we would ask for your take on it. Number four, the cries of Imam al Hussein. Imam al Hussein cried when he was a child. What did that mean to Rasulullah? And how did Rasulullah educate the Muslim community on the crying of Imam al Hussein? Number five, the martyrdom of Imam al Hussein forecasted by Rasulullah. Rasulullah spoke of the martyrdom of Imam al-Hussein in, in numerous occasions. Again, we will reference those hadith. Number six, the crying of Rasulullah on Imam al-Hussein and on his tragedy. And finally, number seven, the very famous hadith of Rasulullah that says, فَمَنْ أَدْرَكَهُ مِنْكُمْ فَلْيَنْصُرْحِ He says to his companions, whoever witnesses the day of Hussein must give him aid and must stand with him. So we will begin with the very, so we have seven points to discuss and we will begin uh, with the very first one. I'm going to go ahead and turn off the comments for people to be able to focus on this discussion. And inshallah, we'll probably try to turn them on towards the end of the show. Number one, it is mentioned by Imam al-Bukhari and his Sahih. In the section, the hugging of children or caring for children, where the hadith is, is, is long, I'll summarize. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam holds al-imam al-Hasan and imam al-Husayn and he hugs them and he kisses them. Then he says, and this is the most important part of our discussion. Husaynun minni wa ana minh. Ahabb Allah man ahabb al-Hasan wal-Husayn. Husayn is from me and I am from him. Allah loves those who love Hassan and Hussein. Shaykhna, please go ahead. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa salatu wa salamu ala ashraf al-anbiyai wa al-mursaleen. Wa ala alihi al-tayyibina wa al-tahirin. Wa sahabatihi ridwan Allahum alim al-jima'in. My dear respectful Sayyid and respectful viewers, I wholeheartedly with my heart, say Jazakumullah Khairan, that you have given me time to sit with you and to discuss with you some beautiful jewels and beautiful words and beautiful ahadith and manaqib regarding the greatest, one of the greatest human beings to ever live, Abu Abdullah, the son of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Jigarai Goshahe Batul, Sayyidina Imam Ali Maqam Alihi Salatu Wasalam. The hadith you've mentioned, Shaykh Sayyid, is a hadith which is found in Bukhari. Uh, there's another narration uh, with, with similar wording which is found in Tirmidhi. Uh, Majma Zawaid has also mentioned it. In fact, it's mentioned in different variations by many different scholars in which the Prophet Sallallahu said that Hussein is from me and I am from Hussein. The first part of the hadith 
which is quite unique in itself, is how the Prophet describes that Hussein is physically from him, is a physical part of him. Like Fatima Bad'atun Minni, Fatima is a physical part of me. Imam al Hussein is the blood of the Prophet. He is the one who has, and this is something which I came across, that I could not come across a single hadith in which the Prophet described him as my grandson. In every hadith you come across, he always describes him as my son. Like the hadith in Sahih Muslim, in Yanzuru ila nasi marratan wa ilayhi marratan. He says, Ibni hadha Sayyid, regarding Imam Hassan al Mujtaba alayhi salam. And many of the places uh, when Mubalaha happened, who did he take? He took two of his sons who were there. Naam Shaykh, Naam Sayyid. And uh, this is very clear in its meaning that we understand that Hussein alayhi salam is from the Prophet. But the question here is why did the Prophet say, I am from Hussein? This is very unique. And this is something which many interpreters have been unable to explain to my satisfaction. And my conclusion on this, in which I've taken from my scholars, it means what? It means there's no distinction in the Sharia or the Minhaj or the way of Al-Hassan with Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So what Al-Hassan, what Hussein stands for, that is what the Messenger of Allah stands for. He is from the Messenger of Allah. And when it says that the Messenger of Allah is from, is from Imam Al-Hussein, it means that they are integrally one thing. They are, in, they are not two separate things that people attempt to separate. The Sunnah, the Hadith, or the Deen of the Prophet and his family are two separate things. No, it means they are one, the Quran and Ahlul Bayt. They will never be separated from each other. They will always be together. And that is my understanding of it. It means that Al it means that standing with Imam Al Hussein is haq. Standing against him is in opposition. You know, no one in their correct mind could say that Al Hussein Ta'ala is a baghi. You know, what face will I show on the day of judgment to the Messenger of Allah Alihi Salatu and say to him that, you know, I believe in you, but I believe your grandson was wrong. It has no, it has no, uh, uh, there's no common sense in it when you study the hadith, when you study who he is. Such a, you know, a great human being. And, I mean, you, you, you mentioned it at the beginning, Sayyid, that this is one the greatest, I don't know the exact words, but you call it uh, one of the greatest crimes committed against man. In fact, uh, the founder of the Ash'ari school, Imam Abul Hassan al-Ash'ari, in his famous Al-Maqalat al-Islamiyin, in that book, which is the first book ever written on sectarianism, he says the greatest catastrophe to fall upon mankind was the, the battle of Karbala. This massacre that took place on the 10th of Ashura, 61 after Hijri, in the plains of Karbala. When Yazid, may Allah give him what he deserves, sent an army which were in the thousands to face 72 warriors. And that is what it means that Islam was revived on that day. And that is what, how I would interpret it. Very good. Yeah. Um, the second hadith that we have um, is from Musnad Al-Imam Ahmad. 
in the section of Al-Ashra Al-Mubashra Bil-Jannah, the ten who have been given glad tidings of Jannah. Uh, the hadith says, Inna Rasulullah akhada biyad al-Hasani wal-Husayn faqala man ahabbani wa ahabba hadayn wa abahuma wa ummahuma kana ma'ya fi darajati yawm al-Qiyam. Yawm al-Qiyam. He holds the hands of Hassan al-Husayn and he says, Man, whoever loves me and loves them and loves their father and loves their mother and look at the exact words kana ma'ya he will be with me fi darajati in my position yawm al qiyamah subhanallah on the day of judgment your take on this shaykhana this is by far my the most beloved hadith when it comes regarding the ahl al qissa it's one of the most beautiful hadith this hadith is also found in Tirmidhi, in a different variation, and it is narrated uh, by Qadi Ayad al-Yahsubi, the famous Maliki scholar, in his Kitab al-Shifa bi-Ta'rif al-Hakuq lil-Mustafa. He has it under the chapter of loving the family of the Prophet ﷺ, in which he says that the Messenger of Allah said, which you've said the hadith, man nahabani, whoever loves me, wa haba hadani, wa ishara, ila hasam al-Husayn, wa abahuma, wa ummahuma, Different variations. One of the most beautiful things I find about this hadith is one number one, the Messenger of Allah is saying that whoever loves me, so he places his love as a condition, and then loves Al Hassan Al Hussein, and their father Imam Ali alayhi salatu salam, and Sayyidah Tayyibah Abida Sayyidah Salam Al Aliya, Sayyidah Batuli Khatun Al Jannat Salam Al Aliya. Whoever loves these five individuals, irrespective of how many prayers you do, irrespective of how much zakat you give, irrespective of if you pray all night, and you can pray all night, you can pray and you can fast and you can do every virtuous thing that you can think of. But if you have hatred towards Al-Hassan Al-Hussein, then this will have no benefit for you. It will not benefit you on the day of judgment. That is why the Prophet said you will be with those who you love on your Al-Qiyamah. You will be with those who you love. That is why the condition of love isn't to do with any condition of uh, yani following or uh, yani, uh, praying or giving zakah. No, just sincerely loving Rasulullah and sincerely loving the Ahlul Bayt. Specifically what we say in, in Farsi, the Panj Tanpaq, the five blessed individuals who were under the cloak of the Prophet Sallallahu When this verse was revealed in the house of Um Salma Salamullah we believe that uh, the belief of Ahl Sunnah Wal Jama'ah is that whoever loves these individuals only for the sake of Allah and his, and his Prophet, you will be with the Prophet at his darajat. Look at it, not, not about praying, it's a beautiful hadith. And it puts everything in perspective in the sense of it shows you the sacredness and the, 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 the deepness and the greatness of these five, these four individuals. Rasulullah yeah. is great. But Rasulullah with his own greatness, he, he makes equality with the four. Awesome. He doesn't make separation from them. So if you want to, you love him, love his family. It's a beautiful hadith. It's one of the most uh, frequent red hadith I, I, I used. 
Alhamdulillah. Allah bless you. Number three, and I'm trying to go down the list so that we can have a beautiful discussion towards the end with conclusions, uh, is actually um, by Abu Huraira. It's a narration by Abu Huraira in Musnad Ahmad. He says, now, this is another level, and, and I, I purposely have, have put them in, in such sections. He says, Man ahabbahuma faqad ahabbani, wa man faqad abghadani. Whoever pleases them, pleases me. Whoever makes them happy, makes me happy. However, whoever displeases them, whoever upsets them, upsets me. And we know for a fact, all Muslims know that upsetting Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam equates to kufr. Upsetting yes. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, displeasing him, is equivalent to upsetting and, uh, and displeasing the Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What is your take on this? This is a, another beautiful hadith of the Messenger of Allah, but going more deep into it, it has a very detailed and a very specific message, which it's only when you look through the lens of your heart, you realize it's real meaning, al-Batniya, not just looking at it from a contextual, rational uh, viewpoint. Yet, yani pleasing them is pleasing Rasulullah, but what does it actually mean? It means that the Quran will always be with the Ahlul Bayt. You see, this hadith, the Prophet has never said in a single hadith, they are fabricated hadith. Many fabricated because we know that one of the sunnahs of Banu Umayyah, the Umayyad dynasty, was to invent fake, uh, sacred, uh, sorry, fabricated hadith. This is mentioned by Imam Badruddin Aini, Al Alama Badruddin Aini, in his Umdatul Qari fi Sharh Sahih al Bukhari, the great Hanafi scholar who was a contemporary to Imam Ibn Hajar Asqalani. In the, under the chapter of Babi Manaqib in Amir al-Mu'mineen, and specifically under the chapter of Babi Zikr al-Mu'awiyah, he says that Banu Umayyah had this habit of fabricating and making up hadith, lying hadith, to make it a muqabala, a competition between them and Ahlul Bayt. A'udhu Billah. So this hadith is very clear that pleasing them is pleasing Allah. It means their pleasure is the pleasure of Allah. The hatred is the hatred of Allah. In other words, what does it mean? It means Sirat al-Mustaqim is with al-Hassam al-Hussein. It means that even the Sahaba, Ridwan, Allahumma alim al-Jima'een, and I said even Sayyidina Abu Bakr, wal Umar, Uthman, all the 124,000 companions, apart from Amir al-Mu'mineen, Ali ibn Abi Talib, alayhi salam, and Sayyidina Fatima, all of them in the entirety, even their guidance is dependent upon these five. Even their righteousness is dependent upon how they treat these individuals. And that is why this hadith is very unique. So it's really showing, to put it in, in one way, to conclude on, on, on this hadith, it is showing that the path of righteousness and the path of sharia and the path to Allah is only one path, and that is the path either through Al-Hassan and Hussein. Barakallah fikum. Barakallah fikum. I'm actually building up um, our discussion as we go through those hadith, and then if you allow me, I'll give a, a little bit of perspective Easy. on them, and then we will, we, will, uh, we, will, we will have a discussion, um, inshallah, and, and a good conclusion towards the end. Uh, the fourth hadith is in Al-Mu'jam Al-Kabir by Al-Tabarani. 
طبعا. and uh, it's a it's a story where Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wa alihi wasallam it said that he was leaving the house of the chamber of Aisha, and he heard from the chamber of Fatima that Al Imam Al Hussein was crying. So he goes and he stands in front of the chamber of Fatima to Zahra, and he says to her, you know, who's crying? She says, Hussein. He says, Alam ta'lami anna buka'ahu yu'limuni. Don't you know, O oh Fatima, that when he cries, I get hurt. That his cries hurt me and they affect me. What is your take on this? Uh, this hadith, uh, as you have mentioned, it, it is also mentioned in the manaqib written by Sayyid Ahmad bin Siddiq al-Humari, rahimahullah ta'ala, the great hadith master and the great scholar from the Ashraf from Morocco, a very senior scholar. He has also mentioned this hadith. And in his conclusion, he said the hadith was sahih. Uh, some scholars, uh, Sheikh Zub, Maulana Zubair, who was a Pakistani, you could call him maybe a Salafi, Wahhabi scholar, but I really do truly believe that he wasn't purely Wahhabi. He was, a, he was very pro-Ahlul Bayt in a lot of things he said. And that is why you have a lot of people nowadays that do follow his bin Hajj that are promoting the love of Ahlul Bayt in Pakistan and doing a lot of speeches. He actually also classified this hadith as sahih, as authentic in the incident in which the Prophet wasallam heard the cry of Imam Ali Maqam wasalam, and he went to his beloved daughter, he inquired, and he said exactly the hadith which you narrated. I would say the meaning of this is very clear. It means that anything which hurts Imam Al-Hussein hurts the Messenger of Allah. Someone said, and this was mentioned by one of our great Aimma from Pakistan, uh, Sheikh Al-Quran, Alama Abdul Ghafoor Hazarbi, who was a great lover of the Ahlul Bayt, a giant Imam and scholar. They said to him, uh, and he was talking about why people don't call Yazid a Kafir. And he said, beautifully in Urdu, he said, if Abu Lahab could be a Kafir, for throwing stones physically that hit the Prophet ﷺ. The one who hurt the Prophet's heart was Yazid. If the one who hit the Prophet's physical body is a kafir, what about the one who hit the, the heart of the Prophet ﷺ? And he based this iskidlal, uh, this uh, deduction scholarly analysis based upon the tafsir of Imam Razi Rahmatullahi under the chapter of Wadduha wa Layli Ida Sajan. Imam Ar-Razi says you are walking and you find a shoelace on the floor. And that shoelace does not touch the Prophet's honorable feet. No, it only touches his Nalain Mubarak. It touches his honorable sandals. Imam Ar-Razi says it's ijma'a amongst the scholars to show disrespect to that shoelace that did not touch the feet but touched the Nalain Mubarak would be kufr. And he says that if this is kufr, Alama Hazarbi says, that if that is the position of a shoelace, what about the one who murdered Hussein in the plains of Karbala? Who hit him, who starved him, who refused to give him water, who humiliated, who attempted to humiliate Imam Ali Maqam, alayhi salatu wasalam, who ran over his honorable body, you know, who poked him in that honorable mouth that used to suck on the honorable lips of the Prophet. It's a very beautiful analysis that Alama Hazarbi gives in very simple terms. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq to always remember 
the incident of Karbala. Inshallah. The fifth hadith that I would like to um, actually re- read upon uh, the viewers is a hadith by Um Salama, radiyallahu anha. Um Al-Mu'mineen, Um Salama. And uh, this is mentioned in Sunan al-Tirmidhi. When uh, Um Salama was actually seen after the martyrdom of Imam Al-Hussein crying. Uh, so she was asked, why are you crying? She basically, in a prolonged hadith, she says, رَأَيْتُ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ I saw Rasulullah now in my dream. I just woke up and I saw Rasulullah. And his beard was dusty. And his hair was dusty. So I, and he was crying. And I said to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam, Ya Rasulullah, what has happened? Why are you so saddened? Why do you look like this? And he says to Um Salama, لَقَدْ قُتِلَ الْحُسَيْنِ Hussein has been martyred. This is one hadith. And we have another hadith, obviously, again from Um Salama, narrated in many of the books, many of the sihah, that says... Um Salama saw, you know, the famous story when, Rasool, when Imam Al-Hussein wanted to rest in the, uh, when Rasulullah wanted to rest in the chambers of Um Salama and, uh, and Imam Al-Hussein was young, he sneaked in and uh, she tried to stop him. He went to Rasulullah, she tried to take him away. Rasulullah says, no, leave him. She goes again, she sees Rasulullah is actually on his fours and Imam Al-Hussein is riding on his back and, uh, and, and he's playing with him. Then she revisits and he, she, said, she sees that Rasulullah is weeping and he's crying until his beard is filled with, with, uh, with his tears. So she says, Ya Rasulullah, what has happened? Suddenly you began to cry. So she says, he says to Um Salama, Um Al-Mu'mineen, Um Salama, that Jubrail just gave me a visit. He paid me a special visit. And in a long story, he removed the hijab from my eyes. And he showed me the land of Karbala. And he showed me the maktal of my grandson, Hussein. And he showed me how my ummah was going to slay the son, Hussein. And, uh, and, and then he takes some of that sand and he gives it to Um Salama. And he says, Ya Um Salama, whenever you find the soil, the sand from Karbala turn into blood, we know that my son Hussein has been slain in the battles uh, in the battlefield of, of Karbala. That is why Um Salama it was so difficult for her to say goodbyes to Imam Al Hussein when he was leaving from the holy city of Medina. After he went to say his goodbyes to Rasulullah, the next day he goes to the house of Um Salama to say goodbyes to Um Salama, and obviously Um Salama broke down then, and she knew this was going to be the last time that she was going to see Hussein and hug Hussein. And she reminded him of the story of when he was a kid. And, and she told him that you're going to your shahada, but ultimately the goal of Imam al-Hussein was, in kana deenu muhammadin lam yastaqim illa biqatli ya suyuf khudini. And he says to and in his famous poetry that if the religion of Muhammad is not going to survive without my, without my sacrifice, then all swords take me. So what is your take on this hadith 
the hadith that clearly states Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam spoke of the shahada of Imam al-Hussein, cried for the martyrdom of Imam al-Hussein prior to the martyrdom of Imam al-Hussein. This is an extremely emotional hadith. And anything that's related to the incidents of Karbala really make me emotional and, and really it's it's one of those things but that emotions overtake overtake you and you think how could anyone possibly do this to any human being, let alone the son of the Prophet, the son of Fatima Zahra. Uh, exactly we the the, the the narration that you have mentioned. We have a second narration with a different variation towards the end which is also Sahih, in which when Umm Salama, she, she sees the Prophet Sallallahu in this state, that he's agitated, that he's crying, that he has, he has dust over him, and his hair is everywhere. And she says that, may my mother and father be sacrificed for you, O Messenger of Allah. What, why are you in this state? And he says, rightfully, that they've murdered my Hussein. They've killed my Hussein. They've killed my... They've taken a part. And one and one tradition actually says, Hussein," or something along yeah. those. Lines. I witnessed. I witnessed. I witnessed the, the, and in some traditions, it we says, "I witnessed." Yes, we. I witnessed the the killing of of Hussein. Uh, Ajib, you know how how Rasulullah was present on that day, right next to Imam Al Hussein. He was dusty. And uh, you would think that when Imam al-Hussein wore the amama of Rasulullah and, and, and he said to them, do you not know any other grandson on the face of this earth to any prophet besides me? I am the only grandson. I am the only sabt of Rasulullah. And I stand before you and I call on to you. Do you know anybody besides me? Do you not know what, has, what Rasulullah has said about me and about my brother? And you... And, and, and some of the Sahaba of Rasulullah, such as um, Habib ibn Madahir, witnessed to this. And he, he, he said, Wallahi, I heard Rasulullah with those ears, and I witnessed him with those eyes. Um, what is it, you know, what is your take? What happened then? I know this is a long discussion. We have to discuss it, obviously, in another time. How does it imply? I want to talk about today. How does that affect me as a Muslim? Me as a lover of Rasulullah, how does that affect me today? When I hear this, how should I feel? How should I react? You, Barakallah Fikum Sayyid, you mentioned the hadith. There is the variation in which the Messenger of Allah said, I've witnessed, physically witnessed, the killing of Al-Hussein. In another end of the hadith, the Messenger of Allah says that they have killed Hussein and I will be his wakil. I will, be, I will intercede on his behalf. Allah I will Allah. bring the case against the murderers of Al-Hussein on the Day of Allah Judgment. Allah I will stand Allah. up against them. I will bring justice. I will be the one who will bring justice to Imam Al-Hussein. And that is why it's permissible. This is where other scholars have derived the ruling that you should cry when, when Karbala is here. And yes, we know martyrdom. We know the, 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 when someone dies, you remember him for two to three days. And you should go back to normality. But that does not mean that you cannot remember that dead person again. This is a very stupid argument. A very shallow argument that says after three days, you cannot remember the dead. You remember them until you die. 
until the end of your life you will all remember Imam Zain al-Abideen alayhi salam would cry every day he never smiled and his servant said that yani oh son of the messenger of Allah why don't you s s smile he says if you saw what these eyes saw Allahu Akbar he says you would do the same you would never smile in your in your life Allah. this was the zulm this was the the oppression that was perpetrated against Hussein for only one reason that he had the honorable blood of Rasulullah in him. He stood for haq. You know, some people narrate and say, oh, he should have known better to listen to the Kufan people. What a stupid argument and a, a very shallow argument. Who do you think are the inventors of mantiq? Who do you think are the most intelligent human beings? Who are the best strategists? Do you think someone can put a veil over the eyes of Al-Hussein? Do you think Imam Al-Hussein is someone who doesn't understand politics? He doesn't... No, Al-Hussein knows what the Kufan people are like. He knows their treachery. He knew what they did against his father. He knew what they did against Imam Hassan al-Mujtaba. Imam Hassan al-Mujtaba was ready to fight Muawiyah. He says, but the difference is, I don't know who is an enemy behind me. I have more enemies behind me than in front of me. Because of bribery, this was something that Ban Umayyah, this is from their sunnah, to bribe people, to pay their money, to bribe them. And that is the reason why uh, Imam Al-Hussein stood up on the plains of Karbala. Why? He stood to revive the deen of Islam and to remove it away from these fascist, narrow-minded, ignorant, arrogant, silver-spooned, royal people who had only one agenda which is to destroy Islam. That is why Alama Alusi Sayyid Mahmoud Alusi Baghdadi in his Tafsir al Mani, he says in a narration and this is the reason he calls Yazid a Kafir is because after the martyrdom of Al Hussein when his honorable head Mubarak this most beautiful head Mubarak the most honorable thing this Noor this Noor me and Ali are from one Noor. The Prophet said, this is also mentioned in Muslim Ahmed bin Ambal. But when Imam al-Hussein came to Yazid, Yazid said, today I have revenged Badr for my forefathers. I revenged Badr for my forefathers. What, so anyone attempts to defend him. Only as Imam Ibn Hajjah says, only a disgusting Nasbi would love him. A Khabith. A disgusting Khabith and Nasbi would have no for this individual. And he had no barakah in his life, no barakah in anything he did. And that is why he died at a very young age. He's a foolish person. The Prophet said that the first people to destroy my sunnah and my, and my, my deen will be the foolish youth from Quraysh. That is one narration. One narration says that it would be from Banu Umayyah. And there's different narrations. Another number six, Buka uh, Rasulillah and the traditions, you know, we often, and I, I would like to go back to all the seven points and, and, and make a conclusion, but I, you know, we often, the followers of the Ahlul Bayt, we often hear, shame on you, why do you cry so much? The religion of Islam is not about crying. Hussein died many years ago, why do you sit and you cry? And in response, we say, 
we have traditions. Obviously, this is not bid'ah because Rasulullah cried for him in many occasions. From the but not when he, not when he actually remembered uh, the event of Ashura. It appears that Rasulullah cried for Imam al-Hussein as soon as his birth, the moment he was born and prior to his birth. And obviously, you know of this very beautiful and touching hadith in Mustad, uh, Mustadrak al-Hakim in Nishaburi, then he says, in the, in, in, in the end of it, he says, Hadithun Sahih ala shart al-shaykhayni wa lam yukhrijah. This hadith is Sahih according to uh, Bukhari and Muslim. However, they had not put it, put, put it in their books. Kitab Ma'rifatu al-Sahaba in the section of the virtues of the Sahaba. Umm al-Fadl. She comes to Rasulullah. She says, Ya Rasulullah, I am so afraid. Uh, I saw a dream. In this dream, I saw that a, a part of your heart literally ripped and it fell in my lap. And I, I'm scared. I am I'm frightened. What, what's going to happen to you, Ya Rasulullah? Have I done something wrong? So Rasulullah smiled and he says, Umm al-Fadl, a part of my heart will fall on your lap. So Umm al-Fadl, maybe she didn't know what this means until the birth of Al-Imam Al-Hussein, Abu Abdullah Al-Hussein. And Umm Al-Fadl was the one that received him after his birth. She was the very first person to take him and hold him. And she took him to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. In fact, Rasulullah says, bring my son to me. So Umm Al-Fadl says to him, Ya Rasulullah, we haven't covered him. We haven't washed him. Rasulullah says, Innahu tahirun mutahhar. He is Allah pure, pure Bring him to me. So Rasulullah held him, and then he says to Umm al-Fadl, Umm al-Fadl, this is the, this is the the interpretation of your dream. That's bada, part of me, part of my heart That's fell funny. in your lap. Then this she the goes and comes back, and Rasulullah Allah. is crying. Allahu Akbar. This boy has just been born, and Rasulullah is crying, and his beard is filled with tears. She says to him, Umm al-Fadl says to him, Ya Rasulullah, why are you crying? Is there something wrong with the child? And Umm al-Fadl says, and Rasulullah says, no, Ya Umm al-Fadl. Jibra'il has just come to me and he's paid me a visit. And he has told me, Inna Your ummah is going to be the one that slays your child, your walad. And uh, this tells you that the tragedy of Hussein part of the sunnah of Rasulullah, in fact, was to cry for Hussein. Yes. Not one, not twice, no not three no times. On many occasions, on many occasions, Rasulullah, and you know, there are many hadiths we could not cover today. The hadith of the fact that Rasulullah would not even remove Hussein in the sujood. While he was doing the jama'ah prayers, he would not remove Hussein from his back just because yes. he would not want to hurt him in the slightest of ways. Rasulullah Sunnah altogether was to cry for Hussein. And, and it seems it wasn't just one or two tears. The hadiths normally and usually they say Rasulullah's beloved beard, his holy beard, his honorable beard would be so filled with the tears that they would drip from his, 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 his beard. Go ahead, Shaykhana. What is your take it's, on this? Sayyid, you mentioned something very beautiful about the prayer. And this is something which my Sheikh has uh, uh, interpreted and he takes it from uh, the, uh, the Masnavi of Imam Rumi, Jalaluddin Rumi, the very famous poet. 
in which he says that when the Prophet went into sajda, this is the meaning, that sajda was a sajda of ibadah. Naam. It was a sajda of enslavement to his Allah. Rabb. But when Hussein's on his back, this sajda turns from ubudiyah to love, muhabbat. This is the sajda of love now. That he will not rise until Al Hussein comes of him. The love of Allah is portrayed through loving Hussein. How do you show Allah love? How do you show Allah love? By loving Hussein. By loving Hussein. It's a beautiful, beautiful explanation the Shiyukh have given the, the, the ulama of Tasawwuf regarding the greatness of Imam Al Hussein. And to be honest, it's only ignorant people and people who unfortunately have been uh, brainwashed or have been given negative information about who Al Hussein is that they would come out with these stupid arguments and these arguments that have no basis regarding the great, but regarding crying for him. And if, if crying for the dead was prohibited after three days, this is the argument. They say, you cannot cry after three days. You cannot mourn after three days. If this was the incident, why did the Prophet mourn Al-Hamza every year? Why was it when Al-Hind, Al -Hind, when Hind was brought to him, he cried? And why was it when he said to her, yes, you become a Muslim, but don't show your face to me after this day? Mm -hmm. Why did mm -hmm. he say this for? What was the, mm -hmm. what was the, why was he upset for? Why was it when he remembered his mother, Sayyidah Amina Salamun Aliha? So this argument has or no basis. Sayyidah Khadija, Sayyidah Khadija. Salamun we have Aliha, traditions yes. that until the end of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's life, when he remembered Khadija, he cried for her. And what he cried for Khadija. Sayyid, you mentioned, which I want to bring to the audience's member, is why did he choose Um Salma Salamun Aliha? Because from all of the Prophet's wives, she was the eldest in age. She was the most senior in age. So it would, you would assume that she would die earlier. But all of the Prophet's or honorable wives passed away. May Allah be pleased with all of them, whoever they may be. But this was the only one that lived until the day of Karbala. This shows the Prophet's knowledge of Ilm al ghaib that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him the knowledge of the unseen to say that, O oh, Um Salma, that when I refused and said to you, Anti bi khair, you are on khair and you are not allowed to enter into Ayat Tathira. Inama Allah, you that you are from my Ahlul Bayt, you are no. from my family, but you are not no. from Tathira. Tathira no. are only five. You can't no. enter into no. this. You no. cannot you cannot enter into Allahumma ha ulai Ahlul Bayti. No. Why can't no. you not enter into this into this gathering? He said, why? He said, because this is only the khususiyat of the Panjitan Park. This is their We have the seventh point, if you don't mind. And, and, and from you, can uh, the, the viewers can tell we are reaching the time of Maghrib very fast. No, and we need to uh, conclude soon. Uh, Ibn Kathir in Al-Bidayah uh, Wal-Nihayah an Anas yes. has this hadith. Rasulullah speaks to his companions. He tells his companions, Whoever from you witnesses this event where Hussein is murdered. You see, a lot of people 
with lack of understanding of even the position of Rasulullah, even the position of the Ahlul Bayt, would tell you that Imam al-Hussein, na'udhu billah, was going because he wanted to have hukm and he wanted to have power and, and so on and so forth. While Rasulullah, not only Hussein knew, not only Umm Salama knew, the companions knew. And the companions had told the, the, the tabi'een that Hussein was going to be killed and he was going to be slain and you have a responsibility. Whoever witnesses this must give him uh, uh, assistance and, and must be uh, uh, from those who aid him. What is your take on this before we go back and revisit those seven points? Uh, this is an authentic narration. It's a very sad incident and, 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 and uh, uh, position or, or, or view within what took place in history that many individuals avoided and did not go and support Imam al-Hussein. But this clearly shows that the truth will never be with the majority, as they say. The truth can also be with a small minority. Uh, and one of the reasons why many people did not support wasn't because they did not want to support Hussein. Many of them were threatened with, with death. Because you have to understand this. Was many the of them were already in prison. The way yes, that, and, and you, you know, you, 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 are, you are our mu'allim, but many of them were in prison right at the beginning of the movement. Many of yes. individuals were, were put on a lockdown so that they cannot go to the aid of Imam al-Hussein. They would not 100%. be able to, to, to be there. And, and those individuals happened to be very influential individuals uh, who had qaba'il, who had asha'ir, who had armies of thousands of people. So just, you know, this was a plan and, and it's like you said, it's such a, a naive things to say. I don't want to use any other degrading words, but it's between them and Allah. For some people who come out and say Yazid did not order the, the killing of Hussein. Yazid did not know uh, the crime. He, he was not aware of the crime. And that's obviously a discussion on its own for some other time. But because there was a system in place, and Imam al-Hussein knew that if he stays in Mecca, he would even be killed in Mecca, in Masjid al-Haram. Yes. And when he went towards the Kufa and, and, and Hurr ibn Yazid al-Riyahi intercepted him, Imam al-Hussein gave him the option. Let us go to some other way. You go your way. Yes. We go our way. Do not, uh, do not stain your hands with my blood. Yes. Do not stain. Do not do this. And it's appeared that Hurr, he did, he did not know that you know, he did not know the full plan. He thought he's just intercepting Hussein, not knowing that soon Ubaidullah is going to send Umar ibn Sa'd with an army of 25,000 and then send, send Shimar ibn Dhul-Joshan with an army of another 10,000 or 20,000. An army of 50,000 people are going to stand in front of Al-Imam Al-Hussein. Um, Shaykhana. You know, Absolutely. if we look at the hadiths that we just read, and every mm. single one of them, you are a scholar from the school of the Sahaba, even though last time you clearly corrected me and you said, I also belong to the school of the Ahlul Bayt. However, I want to make a distinction to my viewers that yes. Sheikh Umar is not one of, you know, the, the Shi'is. And he is a Sunni and the, the follower of Ahlul Bayt. So... And, and you claim, rightfully claim, that every Sunni, every Sunni Muslim must be a follower of the Ahlul Bayt. But I want to make a distinction that I am not here to, to, uh, to, to, 
to take you out of your comfort zone. That is why mm -hmm. every, every hadith that we actually quoted today, I made sure that they are from the most authentic, popular of the sources in the Sunni, in the Sunni madhab, in the Sunni school, in the school of the Sahaba. And I made sure that I see the references underneath those hadith, either that it was said, this is hadith sahih, or hadith hasan, or hadith that has been narrated in other books. And it is, it is uh, it, 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 you know, the number of traditions are so high that you know this hadith is muwathaq. Husaynun minni wa anamun Hussein. This is, and now I want to just momentarily talk about the Shi'i take on Imam al Hussein, on the message of Imam yeah. al Hussein, on the legacy of Imam al Hussein. And, and, and where is it that we are doing something wrong? And why is it that, you know, this week, this upcoming week, and the week after that, the Sunni ulama, not the Nawasib, not the Wahhabis, but the ulama of the Sunnah, those who love Rasulullah, those who read those ahadith, those who have a Tirmidhi and Ibn Majah and Muslim and Bukhari and, and, all, and Ibn Kathir and all the references that we gave in their libraries and they are learned ulama and they are learned scholars. Why is it that the next two weeks is not dedicated to Imam al-Husayn? This is our answer. One, Husaynun minni wa anam al-Husayn. Just like the whole year is dedicated to Rasulullah, Rasulullah says, my survival and my message survives because of Hussein. So two weeks, 10 days of honoring the man who saved the religion of Imam Hussein. This is what we say. Yes. And number two, his love equates to Jannah in the same position of Rasulullah on the day of judgment. And you and I both know, as students of fiqh, as students of hadith, as students of usul, we, me and you both know that this is a grand position. You will not find other ahadith that give you this grand position yeah. next to Rasulullah. And you can, like you said, do worship and pray and fast and give zakat. This is a, a special position. How do you show, how do you get this position after Imam al-Hussein has died? Today, a thousand years later, how do you show your love for Imam al-Hussein? If I do not cry for him, if I don't open my home and say, brothers, sisters, Muslims, gather, let us remember Hussein. This is a portrayal of our love for Imam al-Hussein so that we can achieve, inshallah, this position in the day of judgment. Number three, we spoke of whoever displeases Hussein. I know of two, three grand imams, and this was brought to my attention in the past two, three days by some of the brothers, um, that there is actually an imam, a Sunni imam, a distinguished imam, a alim who sits there and he speaks with a large audience living in a part of the West, Western part of the world, encouraging people to get married in the first 10 days of Muharram, encouraging mm. people to celebrate in the first days of Muharram, telling people that the commemoration of Imam al-Hussein is bid'ah and it is haram. Yes. Is this, does this not displease Imam al-Hussein? Is this not part of showing hatred? Would this, this not displease Rasulullah? This is one. That is why for yes. us, the followers of Ahl al-Bayt, the beginning when we see the crescent of the month of Muharram, it's the beginning of our tears. It's the beginning of our sorrow. It's the beginning of our azaa. We give solidarity to Rasulullah. We say, Ya Rasulullah, a'zamallahu lakal ajr. Anta al-mu'azza, Ya Rasulullah. 
فاعظم الله لك الاجر يا امير المؤمنين يا فاطمه you are the ones that we give our aza to again we said buka al hussein the simple crying of imam al hussein would 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 put the heart of rasulullah at, at uh, uh, would make the heart of rasulullah uneasy give mm. give you know agony to rasulullah he says to his daughter fatima alam ta'lami anna buka'ahu yu'dhini what about what you described what they did to hussein the lips of hussein the head of hussein the body of hussein Number five, the martyrdom of Imam al-Hussein. And why is it that Rasulullah spoke? Many events, many events happened after Rasulullah, but he emphasized on this event, the shahada of Imam al-Hussein, the nusra of Imam al-Hussein, to give nusra to Imam al-Hussein. Me and you were not there in, in, in Karbala when Imam al-Hussein said to all the Muslims, أَلَا هَلْ مِنْ نَاصِرٍ يَنْصُرُنَا أَلَا هَلْ مِنْ مُحَامٍ يُحَامِ عَنَّا we were not there. But we, the followers of Ahlul Bayt, we, the lovers of Hussein, we say to him today, after many years and many centuries, Labbayka, Ya Hussein. Ya Hussein, we are here to give our Nusra to you because the Nusra to you is aiding Rasulullah. It's aiding the cause of Islam. Yes. All this together, from A'alim, from the Sunni school of thought, what is your perspective and your message? Two things, very briefly, to the Shia, and one to the Sunnis, to those who listen to you, and to especially your fellow colleagues of the ulama and the khutaba and the school of the Sahaba. Well, I, what I would say to our beloved uh, brothers from the Shia uh, school is please do not judge Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah based upon the actions of a minority who we also condemn as Nawasib, who are, who are the haters of the Ahl al-Bayt. And if you want to know more about what is our position and you want to read our books, then read the book of Manaqibs that our Aima have written regarding the greatness of Imam al-Hussein alayhi salam. And everything that you've said, we uh, wholeheartedly adhere to that. We do not specifically in fiqh, based in fiqh, we do not call it haram to marry during the 10 days of Muharram al-Haram. However, our, uh, our a'imma like Sha'ad al-Aziz al-Muhaddis al-Dahlwi in his fatawa al-Azizia, Peer Merali Shah Sahib rahmatullahi in his fatawa al-Ghulriya, Mahriya, sorry, and many other a'imma have written that Arab love and respect for Hussein and what took place during these days, we should not show happiness because these were the days that he was that he was martyred and this should be a form of respect and honor towards Imam al-Hussein alayhi salam. So that is how I was, our ulama of the Sabuf and Tazkiyah have mentioned that. My message to those Sunni Imams who are, who are you know, uh, promoting this hatred towards Ahlul Bayt, that I understand that sometimes you want to rebuttal the Shias, that you disagree with them, that you don't agree with whatever they say, but please don't rebuttal them to such an extreme that, that, you, that you become nawasib, that you mm. become haters of the Ahlul Bayt. This isn't acceptable. Have a disagreement with them, debate with them, but don't use arguments which would turn you into someone who would hate his honorable family because our salvation is the Ahlul Bayt, is that family. Hussein is definitely on haq. Where Hussein goes is on haq. Where he stands is on al-haq. 
Yazid has no comparison to even the dust that touches the honorable feet of Imam Hussein alayhi salam. Yazid has no value. We shouldn't mentioning his name pollutes our majalis, pollutes our beautiful majalis of remembering the dhikr of Al Hussein. But he was a tyrant. He was a, 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 a everyone knows who he was. And I think it's despicable, it's disgusting, and it must be condemned. Wholeheartedly, our ulama should condemn any individual scholar who attempts to speak negatively about Imam al-Hussein must be condemned. Recently, Sayyid, we had a person in Pakistan, and I'll finish off with this, a few minutes are left. We, we, have, he, we have 30 seconds, go ahead. 30 seconds. This individual attacked the owner of Sayyidah Fatima to Zahra, alayha, about Ba'aghi Faddaq, and we condemned him, and he should be condemned. So inshallah, maybe another time we will discuss this. Inshallah. Shaykhana, we have, we have 30 seconds. Your, your uncle, your beloved uncle, all the mu'mineen, they can write the name of their fathers, those who have passed away from their family. Let us, for 20 seconds, have a small dua, inshallah. Dua from you, Sayyid, please. Bismillah. Allahumma ghfir lil mu'minina wal mu'minat wal muslimina wal muslimat al ahya'i minhum wal amwat tabi' baynana wa baynahum bil khayrat innaka mujibud da'awat innaka qadiyul hajat innaka ala kulli shay'in qadir wa bil ijabati jadir wa sallallahu ala sayyidina wa nabiyyina muhammadin wa ala ahli baytihi at-tayyibin at-tahirin brothers sisters shaykhana al-kareem i say to all of you assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh wa alaykum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh